Well, you know, there's two things that uh, this video has reminded me of. One of them is that about 15,000 people a year are sent to the ER while decorating for Christmas. And thank goodness that hasn't been me yet. How many of y'all have already decorated for Christmas? Like, you are good to go. You're ready. How many of y'all decorated before Thanksgiving was even over? Yeah. That's how my family was. I was up on a tall ladder outside trying to put Christmas lights up in November. Um, but we made it. So that was the first thing that it reminds me of. And the second thing this, this video reminds me of is that at Christmas there are times of tradition, Right? Things you look forward to, things um, you've always done or you've done since you were very little. Or maybe there's new traditions you're looking at starting this year. But Christmas is also a time where we get to come together as a family, isn't it? But the reality is, is that this Christmas might look a little bit different. COVID has come in and really messed all of this up. Things are going to be different this year. You know, so maybe... Money's tight for you this year. And you're thinking, you know what, I, I, we just don't know how we're going to do Christmas. We're not sure how this is all going to play out. Maybe your travel plans, you wanted to go see grandma or, or grandpa. You're not sure if you're going to be able to go and do that this year. And for some of us, here's, here's a big reality, that, that this is the first Christmas where you're going to be without a loved one or a friend who possibly has even passed away this past year because of COVID. COVID has really messed all this up. And in the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking about, you know, what, what to preach about, what to talk about during Christmas. And I, I realized something, that a COVID Christmas is coming, right? I mean, it's something we got to prepare for and be ready uh, to, to, to deal with. And so we're going to go into this, this Christmas time, and we're just going to call it what it is. It's a cozy COVID Christmas. And so this is what we're going we're gonna to deal with over the, the next several weeks and during the month of December as we look at the Christmas story. But there is hope. There is hope during the holidays. And I wanted to kind of point you to the hope um, for today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. Thank you guys for being here with us today. My name is Clayton. I'm the pastor here. And thank you for all of you who are online um, watching with us and being a part of our worship service. Thank you so much for, for tuning in uh, today. So while you're in Luke chapter 1, I wanted to kind of back up just a little bit and jump to the Old Testament and, and go to the very end of the Old Testament. And in Malachi chapter 4, we read the last words that God speaks to his people in the Old Testament. Here's what he says. He says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. And so when he says Elijah the prophet, it's a prophecy about John the Baptist about to, to come, okay? And he says, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction, Mm, amen, right? Okay, so that's the end of the Old Testament. You can close the book, and then there, there's 400 years of silence. That's the last thing that God said to his people. How many of y'all have ever played the quiet game? Right? Everybody's played the quiet, quiet game. And as adults, this is a little inside for all you teenagers and kids in here. The quiet game, the whole point of the quiet game is just to get you to be quiet, right? And that's it. Like, there's no, there's no winner, there's no loser. It's just to get you to be quiet for a while. And, and I'm terrible at it because I, I hate silence. Y'all hate silence? You know, we, 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 we love the noise. We can't stand silence. If we were just to be quiet in here for, for, I don't know, 15 seconds, someone would start laughing, okay? 
Some would make a joke. Some would, would cough because we hate silence. And so you know what we do? We say the word um. It's our favorite word in the English language. You know, we say um all the time. I don't know why um rhymes with dumb, but we'd rather have um in, the, in between our sentences than silence because we hate silence so much. We hate it. And in the Old Testament, there comes 400 years of silence where God doesn't speak to, his pro- to, the, to the prophets anymore and the people are just waiting and waiting and waiting. And there was this young teenager named Mary. And she had been waiting. And her parents had been waiting, grandparents, great-grandparents. And generation after generation for 400 years been waiting for God to show back up. And she meets this young guy named Joseph. And they had that that Hallmark movie kind of romance, you know what I'm talking about, where everything like ends up perfect for them. They, they had it all planned, planned out. They had their honeymoon planned out. Um, Joseph is, is working and, and preparing for, for their new family and their new house, and they figured out how many kids they were going to have, and, and all the, their whole life was, was laid out in front of them. And then something terrifying happens. Let's look at it in Luke chapter 1. Starting in verse 26. Here's what it says. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So for 400 years, there's silence. And all the stories that they had of the Old Testament, man, those things were kind of fading away. And they're trying to read and remember, but, but no one had been around during that time. I mean, everybody that was alive at this time had not heard from God. Everybody. Even their, their, their ancestors, their ancestors never heard from God. And the silence was deafening. And then this angel shows up. Crazy. This angel, Gabriel. This guy was incredible. This, this angel, there's only a few angels that, are, that have names in the Bible, and one of them is Gabriel. And we read his story. He shows up a couple times. One is in Luke chapter 1, but the other time is in Daniel chapters 8 through 10. And if we go back to that story, Daniel, he's, he's getting these, these dreams, and it's, it's, he's weirded out by these dreams. He doesn't understand what they mean. And all of a sudden, this angel shows up and begins to explain to him what the dreams represent. And it's a crazy story because the Bible says he... he flies down from heaven. And then he says, hey, I'm sorry, I am 21 days late because I've been uh, with some other angels and we've been battling demons in this, this giant war, okay? And he said, that's what he says, he's been, sorry, I was late, I was, I was in battle. And so he is bringing the glory of God with him and you can see, he could see it shining off of this angel. He was awesome and beautiful and amazing. And Daniel says that he was frightened and he fell on his face. Can you imagine if an angel showed up in your life? I mean, just, just what, we, what you would do. He did exactly what we would do. He was frightened and scared, and he fell on his face. And he got so terrified by this angel that the Bible says that he, after the angel explained to him what the, the prophecy meant and what the dreams meant, that he, the Bible says he was overcome and he lay sick for several days. He was so scared that he went home and got under his covers for several days because he was so scared. And the Bible says that Mary, when, when Gabriel showed up in her life, it just says that she was greatly troubled, which is kind of funny because I can imagine how scared Mary was. And this morning we need to realize that this is, if you're taking notes today, number one, that fear follows the unfamiliar. 
Fear follows the unfamiliar. And when Mary saw the angel Gabriel, that was something really foreign to her. It was something strange. It's something she had never experienced before. And this year, there are also, there's, for us, there's a lots of, of new, new things, right? There are new unknowns, things that we're not familiar with. And honestly, COVID can be really scary. And you can see it in people's face when they walk next to you or when, a, when a, you want to go see a grandparent. And there's just this fear of the unknown. Really, and that's where fear comes from. Why, why are kids scared of the dark? They're scared of the dark because the dark is unfamiliar. And we don't know what is out there. And this year with COVID, we've realized some big fears in our lives. We don't know if COVID's coming for me or COVID's coming for you. We don't know where it's at. We don't know who has it. And it can, be, it can create a lot of fear in our lives. But when fear hits you, faith must sustain you. When fear hits you, faith must sustain you. And that's exactly what Mary did. She was scared out of her mind, guys. Said she was greatly troubled, but I can just imagine how scared she was. But you know what she did? You know what she didn't do? She didn't run. The Bible says that she, she was there. She didn't leave. She stood firm. And that's what we need to do in the middle of our fears. We need to realize, you know what? Okay, I'm going I'm to trust in my faith. I'm going to have faith in God that he's going to sustain us through whatever this looks like, however long COVID takes, whatever Christmas looks like in the middle of COVID. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to live in faith. So let's continue with this story. Here's what it says in verse 30. It said, the angel said to her, don't be scared, right? Don't be afraid. Went, awesome. Thank you. Thank you, angel, um, for saying this. And which is really kind of funny. Gabriel, every time he shows up, the first thing he says is, don't be afraid, okay? Because every time he showed up in someone's life, everybody was scared, okay? So don't be afraid. And he says, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great. And will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, you're crazy, right? She says, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Talking about John the Baptist there. And he, he finishes this way. He says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And that's what we need to remember today. That God can do anything, right? He can do anything. And God is going to do something amazing in Mary's life. He's gonna do something amazing for her and he's gonna do something amazing through her. And so the angel says, Mary, don't be afraid. Like, don't be scared. I've got this, God's got this. He's gonna take care of you, don't be afraid. And then he says, you know what? This is gonna sound crazy. This is gonna sound insane, but, but guess what? You're about to have a baby and you're gonna remain a virgin and that is impossible, okay? Little education for everybody, that's impossible, okay? It can't happen that way. And then the, the angel says, let me give you an example of God's track record of, of how this can happen, of how God can do anything. He says, you know, your, your cousin Elizabeth, she's really old. Man, she has no kids. There's no way she's going to have any kids. They've already, you know, started looking at adoption. There's, there's, it's not going to happen for them. Guess what? She's pregnant. Six months pregnant. God can do anything. There is nothing that God can't do. 
And we need to respond to the story of God doing the impossible by, by saying this. When God shows up in my life, when God shows up in your life, your doubt needs to leave. It needs to take a hike, right? There's doubt in our lives of what God can do sometimes. How is he going to get me through this? How is he going to take care of this? Sometimes our problems, our issues become so big that we're like, God, you can't, there's no way you can deal with this. There's no way you can do this. But I want you to look back at your life. When has God shown up? I look at my life and think about all the times that God has shown up in a big way in my life. And there's been times in your life, I'm sure, where God has, has healed you of something or a loved one. And you've prayed and you said, God, I don't know how this can happen. I don't know how you can do this. But he shows up and he does it. Or maybe he's rescued you from something. Maybe it was a bad relationship or maybe it was a situation that you found yourself in and you were like, you, at a time you thought it maybe a, a good thing or maybe it was something you, you loved and you, you wanted to be in, but now you look back and realize, thank you, Lord, for saving me from that. Thank you for, for protecting me and taking care of me. Maybe God has provided for you in some way that you never thought was possible. And I think about Mary. Mary must have done that. She must have looked back at scripture and looked at 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 how God had provided over and over and over again in the life of God's people. I think back all the way to the very beginning, Genesis chapter 18. We read the story of Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And Abraham, God had called him out of his, his homeland where he was living and said, I want you to go to this new place, this new place, and we're going to create a nation. And it's going to be God's people and it's going to be amazing. There's going to be so many descendants. It's like a grain on the, the seashore. That, that's what I have planned for you. And so Abraham is like trusting God. He said, okay, I'm going to do this. We're going to, we're going to go. And for years and decades, he's, he's traveling and following after God. But guess what? He is old. And he has no kids. And he's like, God, I thought you said, I thought you said we were going to, I was going to have all these kids and all these descendants. And where are you? Why haven't you shown up in my life and, and done what you said you were going to do? And then he goes, you know what? you're going to have a kid. And his wife, Sarah, was 89 years old, and he was 99 years old when they got pregnant. And God said, hey, this is going to happen. <laughs> and Sarah, you know what she does? She laughs at God. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. This is not going to happen. And you know what God says? He says this in Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Another way of saying that is, is, anything, is there anything that God can't do? God can do anything. And over and over again in Scripture, he does that. Think about this. He's parted, he parted the Red Sea. He brought manna from heaven. He tore down the walls of Jericho. He protected the guys in the fiery furnace. And when Daniel was in the lion's den, God shows up. He does incredible things. You know what? God shows up today. And he's doing incredible things in our lives. Sometimes we just got to sit back and realize and recognize what he's done. I think about my life uh, and when Holly and I were, were young, had no kids, uh, we were in college, we are married, and we had no money. Waiting tables at a restaurant, we just had, we just had nothing. We are getting prepared for ministry, okay? That's what we were doing. We are like, okay, a life, we have nothing. And so, um, we were, man, we were, we, were, we were super poor, and there was this one Sunday we got up, and we just, we, had, we didn't know how we were going to get by. Like, we had no money. And we had these bills that we, need, we needed to pay, and it was just it was super stressful. You guys know how that is. We went to Sunday school, and, and we were uh, you know, listening to the teaching, and we walked out of Sunday school, and this, this church member came up, and we don't even know this guy. We never even met him before. And he comes and says, God just put us on our heart to, to give this to you all, and just hands us this, this envelope, and we open it up, and it's just full of, of, 
of money. It's just a stack of, of bills. And we were just overwhelmed, right? Just overwhelmed. Like, why? Why would someone, total stranger, do that? Well, you know what it was? It was God showing up in our lives through other people. And he does that all the time. He has a great track record. And when Mary recognized and understood God's track record, here's what she said. Look at verse 38. She said, behold, we don't say that anymore today, but anyways, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know what Mary just did? She took the first step. That's what she did. She took the first step. Have y'all ever used those, those books, those choose-your-own-adventure books? Anybody? It's like, so you, let me explain it. So you read, you read this book, it's kind of a little novel, and once it gets to the, the main part, the, the fork in the road, in the middle of this story, you don't know what's going to happen, it says, hey, if you'd like to read um, option A, turn to this page. And if you'd like to read a different ending in the story, turn to this page, and you can read uh, different endings. And you get to kind of choose what, how you want the book to end, which is awesome. And guess what? That's what our lives are like. Our lives are not all planned out for us. We get choices. And you know what Mary could have done? She could have said no. Right? She could have said no. You ever thought about that? Said, hey, this is what's going to happen. God's going to be there for you. And this is, you're going you're to have a kid. And Mary's like, okay, I live in this small town of a couple hundred people. Once word gets out that I'm pregnant, it's going to go really bad for me and Joseph. Right? I'm going to be ostracized and be cast out. It's going to be, it's going to go bad. My family's going to be shunned. It's just going to be, it's going to be awful. He, she could have said, you know what? No. Nah. Like there's this other girl, like a couple houses down. She'd be awesome candidate. Okay. She's a little bit older than me. She's got her life all figured out. Uh, I'm not who you need. She could have said no. And it kind of reminds me of a guy in the Old Testament, Isaiah. Um, he was a prophet and fallen after the Lord and God allows him to see a, a glimpse of heaven. And it, it was overwhelming to him. I mean, he was just on his face, couldn't, couldn't handle it, couldn't take it. In the middle of that fear, in the middle of seeing God show up in his life, here's what God says to him. In Isaiah 6, 8, he says, I hear, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then Isaiah says, Here I, here I am, send me. And for these two followers of God, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament, their fear was, was real. Imagine being in those situations. Their fear was real, but their faith, it overshadowed their fear. And that's what we need to have in our lives. We need to have faith in God that he's gonna take care of us, he's gonna provide us, and if he's calling us to do something, you know what, he's gonna sustain us throughout this. And we need to put faith up here and fear down here and say, God, I'm gonna trust you. And we need to mimic Mary. We need to say this to God. I'm available Use me. God, I am available. Use me. So here's a question I have for us today. Short message today. Y'all are welcome, by the way. <laughs> what is God calling you to do to take the first step? First steps are, are scary. Walking out on a bridge, first step can be scary. Little kid holding on to mom, taking that first step can be scary because you don't know what's going to happen. But I believe God is always calling us to next steps. Doesn't matter if you're six years old or 96 years old, God is always calling us to next steps. 
In fact, that's something that this church is going to hear about a lot over the next couple months, probably this next year. What are the next steps for Central? And what are the next steps in your life? Maybe the next step for you is the first step. Maybe the, the step that you need to take today, this morning, is to say yes to God for the very first time. And God may be asking you, will you trust me? And you need to say yes. Will you allow me to save you from your sins? Will you allow me to take control? And you need to say yes. We want to give everybody an opportunity to do that every Sunday, to give an, have an opportunity to trust Jesus for the very first time. So here in a minute, when we call, have an opportunity to respond, I want to encourage you to do that. We have pastors that can be over in the connection room, just in private a conversation. They'd love to sit down and talk to you about what it looks like to give your life to Christ. And I'll be down here at the front, and I'd love to talk to you if you want to come um, this way. But maybe God's calling you to first steps. Maybe he's calling you to next steps. So for a lot of us in the room, what, what are those next steps? Maybe you've been far from God, and your relationship needs to, to be renewed and fixed. And God is pursuing you. And you know what he's doing? He's, he's just asking you to turn around and take the first step. Take the first step back towards him. Maybe your love for the word has been just been dry for a really long time. You need to take that first step and you need to open up, your, open up God's word and say, God, God, teach me. Make this something that I crave and love all the time. Maybe during the, the month of the December, during this, this holiday times, you say, you know what, I'm going to read a big portion of Scripture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle some aspect of Scripture. So maybe I'm, I'm going to go through uh, the, the Gospels. I'm going to read all the Gospels in, the, in the, the month of December. It wouldn't take but a couple hours. I mean, it's not that, that long um, to read. But maybe that's something, a first step. You don't have to read the entire Bible and become a theologian. Maybe you just need to take a, a small first step. Maybe for some of us, God has been putting the lost in our lives and people in our lives. Maybe it's at work, maybe it's at school, maybe it's in your neighborhood, maybe it's at the gym. We need to take that first step of sharing our faith. We've gotten to know them, we've, they, they, they trust us maybe, we, we have a relationship, we're trying to figure out what is the purpose of that relationship and God is saying, I'm, I'm trying to use you to share the love that I have for them through you. We need to take that first step and be bold in our witness. The first step for some of us might be a time for us to be generous. Maybe we, I, I think it's interesting to, to think about Christians who, who struggle with, with giving back to God. I'm not talking about just, just giving money. I'm, I'm talking about your time and the, the talents that God has given you. Maybe it's time to say, this is not just about me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to give back to you, God. Take that first step of, of being generous in our lives because God is a generous God. And not only that, God is a, is a serving God. Jesus came to, to be a servant. And maybe we need to be people who serve. Perhaps you, you're in this room and you've just been pew sitters for a long time. You know we call pew sitters? Around our staff, they're, they're people on the sidelines. Imagine being on the sidelines, you're sitting on the bench. Right? That bench is super warm and comfortable because you've been sitting there for a really, really long time. You're just watching the game, seeing how things go, and you're cheering on the team. You're, you feel like you're a part of the team. But that, that sideline, that white chalk line, to, to step onto that field just seems really, really scary to you. To begin to serve and be a part of God, what God is doing here at Central and even beyond this church. 
Perhaps it's time for you to take that first step and say, God, use me. I'm available, use me. Mary, she's an incredible young lady who didn't run from God. She didn't say no, she said yes. And history was forever changed. That needs to be a great example, her faith in our lives. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the love you have for us that you would send Jesus. Christmas time is a great time to celebrate the birth of Christ because it changed the world. But as we step back and, and look at the, the characters in this story, we see Jesus' mom in the middle of her fear, in the middle of the unfamiliar she was willing to have great and lasting faith in you. Faith that you're gonna see her through. And she didn't have the rest of the story and we have it. And God, we don't have the rest of the story of our lives, but you have it. So God, I pray that our people here at Central will be people of faith who trust you. And when you call us to do something, that we will be people who step out in faith. Maybe there's some of us in this room or online who have never taken that first step and trust to trust Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. And I pray that today you convict them that they would just have a, a tiny mustard seed of faith to step forward and say, that's me. And God, for all of us, there's always a next step in our walk with you. God, help us to see what that is and to have boldness. God-sized boldness to trust you and to say, God, I'm available, use me. I may not have it all together, but God, you do. And all you're asking of me is to have a little bit of faith and you're gonna use me. So God, help us to be people like that. And I pray, Lord, you help us to see how you're using us for your kingdom and for your glory. We pray all this. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we have a final song of invitation and time of response. Why don't y'all stand up with us as we, as we sing this, this final song. However God's moving in your life right now, I believe every one of us have a next step that God is calling us to. Maybe you come down to this altar and you need to pray and say, God, use me. Maybe you go back here and talk to one of our staff and say, it's time for my family to join this church and be a part of a, the family of God. Maybe it's, it's time for you to, to give your life to Christ. Whatever God is calling you to do, this is your opportunity to not say no, but to say yes to him. Let's do that right now.